Hello. Hello. And welcome back to another episode of From, From the, the Lola Level. Lola. I'm your host, Moshi. I'm Patrizio. And I'm back to bring the Zen. Namaste, bitches. Yeah, you're getting no fanfare from me this week. Um, what have I done now? Just want to remind, look, we need to, there's some stuff that we need to clear up. It's been a couple of weeks since we did the pod. Yes. And the last time we did the pod, there was oh. no consensus. Was Patrizio being fired? Oh. Patrizio quit? Did Patrizio decide to go on a hiatus? And I think it's only fair that we share basically what went down. Um, I and I would like to I would like to begin by saying I was put on pause, but now <laughs> I'm ready to play. Um, and by put on pause, basically Patrizio took a plea deal. Um. <laughs> So I just want it noted, I want it on record. Did Patrizio commit crimes? Yes. Is Patrizio a criminal? Yes. But he owned up to his shit, so he's taken a plea. He's back on the pod. It's that simple. I'm innocent. The recordings were perfect. There's nothing in those recordings. Perfect. I'm innocent here. You need to go back and review... The laws of the land, okay. Roll the tapes back. Let's let's roll the tapes back. I mean, look, listeners of this pod, they know you're a criminal, but they love <laughs> you for it, okay? <laughs> um, either way, we are glad to be back. I know I am. Are you glad to be back? I am ready to get messy. You see, we'll let you do your thing. We'll let you do your thing. But um, a lot's gone down that we haven't talked about and we will be talking about it this week. We'll sort of be giving our final thoughts on New Jersey and I guess like not just the reunion but like the state of it all. Um, Obviously we are three episodes into OC, potentially four by the time we listen to this podcast and we have not commented. Um, We'll talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta as well. But before we get into all of that, Patrizio, the moment everyone has been waiting for, what is the word on the street? It's coffee talk time. <laughs> um, the way that in the time that we have uh, had the hiatus, as it was not a rating season, um, the Ultimate Girls Troop 5, the New York girlies, have, like, filmed and wrapped, like, the entire trip. They have fought over rooms. They have pooped on floors. It's gone down. I just want to say the thing that interested me the most in all of this was the rumour that started that Bethany Frankel and Jill Zarin were on the vacation too. And then people were like analysing the TikToks and had identified Bethany Frankel in the back of the private jet, but it was just Luann wearing a hat. (laughs) I seem to recall that like you were the only one who believed this theory. I, you know what? I kind of think it would have been epic. Like in classic Scary Island style Jill, Zarin, and Bethany show up as they're all getting pedicures out on, like, the deck. 
Um, they would be eating a lot of crow if Bethany and Jill were to were to show back up. Do you know what I mean? After well, so much shit, after ruining a whole franchise, like. But that's but like if we're gonna bring back Ramona, like well, there are no rules, you know. Okay, fair enough. Um, speaking of trips, the um cast of Miami are on a cast trip to Mexico City. Uh huh. New location for the Housewives. Um, and there has been drama, Washi. Like, did I'd you see nothing less? Gertie had to be taken away by an ambulance. That was the end of list. And Adriana performed at Mexico City Pride, which which was obviously the impetus for going on this trip. Yeah. I mean, number one, she cemented herself as a gay icon performing at Pride. Her outfit was on point. She looked looked Brazilian. She looked hot. Oh, she's Brazilian. Exactly. (laughs) Um. I'm really excited because I would love to see, I, I don't know much about Mexico City and I feel like we're going to get a lot of like informative like tours of the city or something. From who? I don't know. It's like they look like they were looking at churches and stuff in some of the like the cast, in the, the, the fan photos. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Moving to Potomac, we found out Monique Samuels has officially filed for divorce from Chris Samuels. What are your thoughts on this? I think, I think, well, so the divorce, apparently the paperwork was filed like two months ago or something and that it's only just recently come out. Yeah. I think um, they've got a show, right? They've got Love and Marriage, Baltimore. No, they're not on that anymore. They're not on that anymore. Oh, well, that's the reason why they're not on it then. They quit before the like the most recent season filmed. I just know that everything that Monique does is really strategic. So, because apparently, I think like Monique got fired from Love and Marriage because I think she was really difficult to work with. I believe it, but um, I think a lot of people feel very vindicated by this announcement. By everyone, do you mean Chris Samuel's mother? Chris Samuel's mother, I think Giselle, I think all of the women of Potomac. I think people have been talking about this marriage being on the rocks for a really long time. Um, that's part of the reason why they were on that other reality show. Um, I'm really, I am really surprised though. I just always thought that Monique was like too stubborn to get divorced, if that makes any sense. Well, maybe it's not her. Maybe. Um. Beverly Hills, Moshi, alumni, Lisa Rinna. Because, you know, I don't I don't really acknowledge her as being Beverly Hills, but all right. The alumnus. Is she is it is it alumnus if you're one, alumni if you're multiple? I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you speak Latin anyway? <laughs> <laughs> she um she's got a new gig. She's gonna be on American Horror Story season number three. You know, actually, as well, we have never discussed this. Season number three? Yes. It's the one. It's the American Horror Story. It's that one. um, Or is it? It's a horror crime. Anyway, it's that one that, like, last season it was Ricky Martin was um, Versace. 
Yeah, yeah, but no, American History, I think it's called, because American Horror Story is on like, um, it's on like number 12 or something. But I know whatever this one is, it's got like Kim Kardashian in it. It's got a whole lot of people in it, so. Okay, it's not horror and it's not history. American Crime Story. American Crime Story. That makes so much more sense. But I'm like, American Horror Story 3, no, 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 honey, we are on like 11 or 12 or 13. This is old word on the street. Well, um, I don't think we ever spoke about it on the pod either, but, like, Lisa Rinna and Portia were, like, in the lower level filming that new show about, like, celebrities being sent to Mars. Yeah. So it was um, Tom Schwartz from Vanderpump Rules and he, like, did a whole thing. But, Patrizio, we didn't speak it. We, we mentioned that she was going to be on it, but there's a reason why we never spoke about it beyond that because I don't think it's worth talking about. Oh. Stars on Mars, like, come on. <laughs> Lisa, imagine being on Mars with Lisa. No, no. I am taking my helmet off. No. <laughs> imagine having to repopulate civilization oh. with Lisa fucking Rina. I don't know if that's possible. Um. It, continuing the Beverly Hills theme, though, um, the Richard sisters got were reunited over the weekend at Kim Richards' daughter's wedding um, in Aspen, and it looks like everyone has reconciled. Well, reconciled for social media and for the sake of the tequila. But here is the word on the street. Oh. Mauricio posted a happy birthday Kyle post. This is her birthday recently. And Kyle did not like it or (gasps) comment on it. (gasps) She has been seen with this friend who is a woman and they have been posting a lot of very cozy photos together. Is that what you're saying? Lesbian content? Do we really think Kyle Richards is, like, evoking pride? Like, come on. I think she's pulled a Lystra. <laughs> you need to explain to the audience what a Lystra is for those who don't watch The Real Housewives of Cheshire. If you're not watching Cheshire, a Lystra is when in life that you are attracted to women. And I, you know what? I think that people are calling it a Miranda, though, because of and just like that. It's a Miranda and a change. Well, I think that's controversial oh. for other reasons, but um, for other reasons. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a different podcast. But um, I I would beg to say that at this point, if Mauricio is out of the picture, perhaps a Kathy and Kyle reconciliation is easier to get across the line. I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm looking for this happy birthday Kyle post. Um, It doesn't exist. It's a work of fiction. Maybe it was like earlier in the year. I don't know, Moshi. I'm just giving you the word on the street. I think you're just starting rumours. I I don't know. They're, they're, the H&R's talking about it. Kyle's lesbian. The H&R, the H&R is talking about it, but I'm actually doing the research. Have you seen the photos with the lady friend? Um, I'm looking on Mauricio's Instagram right now. 
I'm seeing, I'm, I am seeing that Kyle isn't liking, I don't know, like I'm not seeing her in any of the, the pictures, but all right, let's go see Kyle. Let's, let's, you know, let's figure out what's going on here. Really excited to live stream your, um, Again, this is fake news. It's giving fake news. It's not fake news. It's fake news. The hating on of it all is fake news. But, I mean, I'm. do you know what? If there is one thing that I'm happy to be wrong about, it is this. <laughs> Maybe she realised, like, she needed a really good storyline. And well, Teddy she, is so jealous. She needs to, she needs to distract from the Ozempic of it all. A hundred percent. Put something else out there. And it's Ozempic <laughs> when you quote Reza calling her. All right, what else is going on? Well, to, to head towards New Jersey, I just I want to acknowledge um, Melissa's house remodel. So much better. Well, you know why, though, because I actually employed a different builder. Got to do what you got to do. Um, will they pay them is the next question. I think Melissa has paid. Well, um, in that though, um, obviously the Bo Deedle of it all has been ongoing. If you are following New Jersey, Bo Deedle is the, the private investigator that, uh, Louis allegedly employed to gather gossip on everyone. Bo Deedle has come out this week saying that he was not employed to investigate Melissa and Joe, and nor did he, but if they keep talking about him, he will investigate them. I love it. And he's with well within his rights. He's got like a whole TikTok thing going on at the moment. It comes up on my, my uh, FYP. Interesting, not on mine. I can't tell you why. If I tell you, I'll have to kill you. Let's see after this conversation um, whether <laughs> it now ends up on my. The way you, I, for the listeners, Patrizio's face is saying, I really want Bo Deedle to come up on my TikTok. Like I can tell. It's like when you say Bo Deedle, your eyes light up. Bo Deedle, Bo Deedle, Bo Deedle. <laughs> ways to get rich, ways to get rich. <laughs> Speaking into your phone. I love it. Um, are there any other words on the street this week? Anything else happening of interest? No, that's all. That's the word on the street, Moshi, unless you've heard something on the streets. You know, I don't, I don't, unlike you, I don't hang out on the streets. So I don't know what the streets are saying. I'm sure there's a streets and the sheets joke in there somewhere. <laughs> the streets are talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's on that note, talk about New Jersey. Season 15 has now wrapped. We watched all three parts of the reunion. Where where do we go from here? Because I guess I guess the first question is can like who, like who says who goes? Melissa, Teresa. Well, there's a couple of things. So number one is we know that New Jersey is not picking up filming straight away. They're taking a slight pause while they try and figure it out. Um, there's been rumours about potential new cast members and shaking it up by adding some black women to the roster. Um, 
because I guess they're, they're trying to figure out where they do go. I do believe, though, that Andy has said he still believes that, like, he's still quite happy to film with Teresa and Melissa. I just don't know how it would work. I mean, I think, unfortunately, there's room for both of them. Yeah. And that's what the ratings are selling us as well. Yeah, I think people want I think people want to see some sort of real closure. Like we don't want to see it end this way. It felt to me as well at the end of the reunion and I look I say this and I'm not naive. I'm quite cynical about this, but it seemed to me like Joe and Melissa they're happy to keep filming the show, but to me that that seems to just be coming from a place of well of course you are because it's a job and you make money. Like it's more from that aspect than actually wanting to heal with Teresa. Do you know what I mean? It, it, I, I wish it was sincere, but at this point, I just don't think you can tell the truth from the lies when it comes to this relationship. Well, Melissa, like, closes it out by saying she'll do whatever the family chooses to do. But that's a cop-out. Do you know what I mean? We are beyond the family at this point. They stopped caring about the family a long time ago. But this just proves the whole thing, right, that I believe in my mind, tree stump aside, that Melissa and Joe just, like, are fame-hungry, don't care or anything. I think Teresa actually does want some reconciliation with her brother. Like, the way she broke yeah, down, I, it was just like, you, Melissa was, like, smiling. It was truly sinister. See, I, you can't say tree stump aside and then say what you just said because, like, I'm looking at your face and it's so, like. <laughs> I think you're, I, I think you I can are generalising here what the tree stumps look like. <laughs> <laughs> they look like you, okay? You are the stump. <laughs> you're stump number one. <laughs> And I'm proud of it. <laughs> okay, own it. Um, I I think what I took from Teresa was that she was actually done. Like she just wants them gone. And I think, you know, part of it is she feels so much stronger with Louis behind her. Like it is it is important that she has somebody like that can hold her up. She has a trunk. She has a stump you know, so to speak. And I think because she has Louis behind her, she's she's happy to be done with them. Whereas, think, yeah. You know what? Melissa and Louis need to stay out of it. Joe and Teresa need to be put in a room with a priest, with a psychiatrist, with Andy Cohen, like, I don't know, with, like, Buddha. Uh, like, I, I just need everyone in there. Okay, but here's the thing, Patricia, and I really want to get your opinion on this. I want you to, like, you know, come at it from a stump perspective or a non-stump perspective. <laughs> but It's the stump dump time. Yeah. At, okay, stump dump with Patricio. I love it. I feel like they are at a point where they're never going to agree on the reasons, like, so here, you know, like Melissa is never going to acknowledge that she went behind Teresa's back to get on the show. Like 
that's never going to happen. And that's kind of the impetus for so much of this. So I acknowledge that Melissa started it, to quote Teresa. But at the same time, I think there have been so many other things that have happened. And, you know, Teresa will never see any of the positive side of things that have happened in the past. Like she's just so beyond that the only way that they can move forward is they literally have to try and leave everything at the door and just start afresh. And unfortunately, I know you're like, well, you know, um, Louis and Melissa have to stay out of it, but that's that's not how families work. That's just not normal. So do you think there is any, like I'm speaking from a Taurus perspective now, and I just think that I don't, I think Teresa holds too much of a grudge that I don't think she could ever look past anything good or bad and and start afresh. Um, Do you agree or disagree? It's just so complicated, isn't it? I, I don't think that they can start afresh. How can you? No, but, that's they, but they have to start again. Like that, And by that I just mean they have to say the past is the past and never bring it back up. And they have to just try to start again and they have to start putting in new traditions and they have to start, you know, acknowledging each other and going to each other's events and communicating more and not letting anything from the past inform what's, what, what happens moving forward. I think Joe Gorga should honour Teresa while they're alive. Okay, so I'm getting the stump answer from you, which is absolute nonsense. I mean, <laughs> spoken like a true criminal. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I'm also not surprised. Teresa is a criminal. Um, you, are, you are a criminal. <laughs> I have not been indicted. I have not been sentenced. You took a play. It's fine. I, I just, I, I think, I think that perhaps. Perhaps they don't need to start afresh, but I think there just needs to be some sort of acknowledgement on both sides that, you know, perhaps things did happen in ways that were different to how they perceived them to have happened. Um, and I think that's the only way that they can really move forward. Like for, like, Teresa, Melissa just needs to come out and say, yeah, look, maybe maybe you didn't know. Maybe we didn't tell you about it and all the rest of it. But, like... I don't know, because, you know, the whole thing at the moment is that Joe Gorga allegedly pulls the stunt at the christening because he wanted a Teresa table flip moment. Of course he did. That doesn't surprise me. But, like, you're not the housewife. They're cut from the same cloth, though. They're the same person. You know what, actually, Moshi, now that you've said that, you know what the problem is here? That they're too much alike, is that what you're going to say? It's generational trauma, actually, because even even no no, like he had. Okay, so I'm, I'm I'm going. Don't ever do that ever again. That's but that's how they don't say it. Ever Borders. Do don't no, ever no. do that on this podcast again. For people who are yeah. like, what did I just cut him off about? He called no 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 no. Now because they're American, I, I, I'm he, we are American. not. We, are, your name is Pachito. Get your shit together, okay? It's coffee talk time, all right? It's um, normal. Okay, thank you very much. Gosh, when I have to be the Italian one, when I have to be the one speaking Italian, 
on this podcast. You are Italian. Anyway, the point is that he never had a good relationship with his siblings, Kathy and Rosie's parent, mum, whatever it was, yeah. right? Like this is like a consistent issue which Teresa and Joe, unfortunately, I don't think are going to be able to break. And so now it's up to the next generation to break the trauma cycle here, um, which we can only hope. Like, I, I just, I think that's where we're at. I think that, like, Teresa and Joe grew up in a household where this sort of shit was acceptable and if not encouraged and that's why they play it out like they do. Like, I don't know, like, how can how can you move forward here? But, like, yeah, how can you move forward with a show if they're refusing to talk to each other like, I don't know, something is going to have to give at some point if they both want to stay on the show. I think there needs to be a Bravo special with um, Bill and Jennifer's psychologist. Oh, she's <laughs> not. She's done. She's, it was she's, great. Bring her back. She's not. She, You know what? She's not messing around anymore. She's like, these people didn't come back. They were not serious people. <laughs> they weren't serious people, Logan. Um, I just want to also address something that's circulating at the moment. Mm. The soggy flicker of it all. Why are you bringing that person up on this podcast? Because of the... We, already have, we have to talk about Ramona. I don't want to talk about any other bigots. This person has said that Margaret is being shielded by the network. (laughs) I, I mean, look, like, I think, I think the whole, like, Margaret's arsenal thing is becoming more and more difficult not to disprove. Like, I feel like at this point we all have to acknowledge that there is an arsenal, that Margaret is there to perform something thing specific which is to basically pull up the the tea right on everyone okay we've talked about this before Patrizio and what we and I'm saying this every single franchise doesn't matter where they are all of the women on these franchises always get word on the street about everyone and there are certain people on on franchises who will bring it up Giselle is one Lisa Rinna is one. Margaret Joseph is one. Like what Margaret is doing is not an isolated incident. It's something that has been done for time in memoriam. Bethany used to do it on Roni. Jill used to do it on Roni. Like it's just not, I just don't think it's that big a deal. Like who cares? I care. You just have a vendetta against Margaret. And I'm just like, but she's not using any of her arsenal. Like until she starts using it and doing horrible things, then we care. Like, I'm sorry, I have to cut you off because, like, siding soggy, fuck that bitch. Do you know the things that she says about people? I don't care about her. Where was she on June 6th, huh? June 6th, January 6th. January 6th. She was, le- see, I don't, I'm not a rioter, so I don't even know the dates, but she was leading the riot. Allegedly. I don't give a fuck. She, she was at Mar-a-Lago. She voted for, like, Patrizio, the things that she has done to our people have no time for her. Yeah, but, like, as... But what? 
I judge people by their character and she's shown me that she's trash. They all are trash. No, 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 no. This is a next level. You are not going to be on this podcast justifying bigots behavior, bigots van- vendettas. I oh, just want to see the same energy. She's a racist. I want to see the same energy when we talk about Tamara's son later on in this podcast. What makes you think I wouldn't be giving you that same energy about Ryan? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out to the universe. All of them. Patrizio, I do not stand people who are that trash and haven't shown me they can change. So, Moshi, the list of people who are at January 6th from the Bravo universe is much shorter than those that were there. Let's just put it that way. Where were you? I was in bed. Mm, potentially. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just think you citing... I'm going to sue you the end of the it's fucking earth. It's a reach. It's a reach. I look. I'm an incredible person and I'll, I'll listen. It just, it's a topic of discussion, Moshi. It's doing the rounds. It's on the TikToks. It's on the Instagrams. It's on Elon Musk's Twitter. Like it had to be, yeah. it had to be brought up. You are going to the dregs of the earth to find this information. It's you know what? Much like Margaret, it's landing in my lap. Okay. I didn't ask for any of this content. It just drops into my lap and there it is. And I've had to bring it up today. Okay. As your friend, and I believe that I am still your friend, (laughs) I think you need to do some soul searching to find out. Why is TikTok not giving you Bo Deedle, but is giving you this? <laughs> What's going on with your algorithm? I um, just uh, want to say, as co-workers. <laughs> co-workers, you're my employee. <laughs> so, in conclusion, New Jersey. The way that you intro it, I feel like we're deciding, is it even coming back at all? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it takes a bit longer to come back than normal. I just feel like Bravo can't afford to keep, like, putting things on pause. I feel like it really just fucks with the, like, the schedules. I agree with you, but I think with the crappy lakes and the ultimate girls trips of it all, I think they have found ways to, like, manoeuvre it. Like, I think they're good. How do you feel about Louis at the end of all this? That's a great question. I'm still undecided as to whether he's a villain. How do you feel about Louis at the end of all of this? I think he's a little unhinged, but I I acknowledge his perspective on things. And I think like he I think he has better intentions than some others on that stage. I can I can agree with that. I think that that's a fair assessment. Yeah, perhaps his delivery is not great. I mean, and, like, the whole, like, this whole thing around as well, like, you know, um, did Louis reach out to the feuders, like, you know, ex-wife? Yeah. Uh, like... I don't think Louis had to reach out to anyone because anyone with an iPhone and an Instagram account could have found this woman. Like, 
I just, I don't think that Louis is the one that's approaching these people. I think like the fooders are like just blindsided by the power of the Bravo fans. Like any podcast would have killed to have gotten the Fuda ex-wife on there to talk shit. And of course she's going to talk shit about them. Like that's why she's the ex-wife because then, you know, what came out afterwards as well. It was allegedly John Fuda. That's not his real name. And he's got all these drug offenses um, <laughs> because the oh. him and the ex-wife were caught up in drugs and that's why they got divorced and all the rest of it too. Like it's like this whole thing that's now happened. And I'm like, I don't think Louis needed to even be involved in any of that for it to come out. Like people out there like watch the TV and have a certain feeling about you and they go out and discover these things for themselves. Again, this is, so what you have just said is literally why I just think that the whole Margaret and the Arsenal is so irrelevant because people find out these things and bring it anyway, always. Everybody on these shows always has skeletons in their closet. They all do. That is why it's so funny to watch them put themselves out there. Actually, there is one thing that I wanted to ask you. It's a kind of word of the street, and I guess it kind of ties up with this. I didn't think about it before. But did you see that Avery Singer, because we're talking about bigots, Avery Singer is unable to get a job, right? And she is saying... I don't know if you saw this because, you know, you were on your hiatus. Um, she's saying that part of it has to do with being with the Real Housewives of New York. Um, and I just think that this, like, speaks to that thing again. Like, these people, they all have skeletons in their closet. They put themselves out there. People always know things. But, like, do you have any comments on that? Could that be true as well? I think it's a convenient excuse as to why you're failing at your interviews. Like, I think that like, like she's trying to get into the finance industry. Sorry. Like what experience does she have in finance? Cause the last time I checked, she was like some like account executive at Cameo. Like I just, I don't know whether the reason why she's not getting a job in finance is because she is related to Ramona Singer or the fact that she has no experience or went to university for finance to begin with. Like, I, I don't know. That's just my take on it. Death to Nepo babies. Well, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't, yeah, to me, like who in finance knows who Ramona Singer is to then also have such a strong opinion that you're deciding not to hire Avery Singer. Like, Thank you. I just, it's, it's all very bizarre to me. Well, you were just doing a lot of H&On. I thought you might have had some more theories. I thought you might be down. There might be some more conspiracies, some more things. The streets are talking. I thought you might know a bit more on it. No, there's not. There's nothing to know. There's nothing to, like, even, like, it's just, it's bullshit. And then, you know what? Why go out there and then put out this story about not being able to get a job in finance because of the show? Like, I feel like you've just, you know, when your employer, your prospective employer has gone out to Google you and now the top hit is Avery Singer thinks that, like, finance is dumb for not hiring her because of <laughs> Ramona. Like, I don't know. Who, who is going to hire her now? It seems like she she took Ramona's gun and shot herself with her. <laughs> Oh, my God. And on that note, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking OC and Atlanta.
Welcome back from the break, Moshi. Hello. Surprised we even made it back from the break, to be honest. Well, it's Real Housewives of Orange County, Moshi. Season 17. Dare I say, is this perhaps the most successful Housewives currently airing on the television? Um, I mean, we are three episodes in, but it does feel like we are back home with friends. It feels like a return to form. The ratings say something different. I think the ratings will always be low until I think what we're seeing now is like particularly for shows that are on cable that are streamed, the ratings are only high when there is a controversy. Like you saw what happened with Vanderpump Rules you're seeing what happened with New Jersey. People will only tune in if there's a reason to tune in. And I think, like, people are quite happy to let the season play out and then just binge it. You know what I mean? That's we, need, we need the episodes one after each other. Potentially. I don't think we need. we should be talking about ratings anymore. I think we should be talking about sentiment and engagement and, like, what is trending in the zeitgeist and what people are talking about. Like, that's the only thing that should matter now. I think the conversation is Tamrat is overrated and it was a bad decision to bring her back. I think that is the conversation that's currently being had. It's interesting. I... I... Like, obviously agree with that because I've never been a huge Tamara fan. I don't know, though, that I would say that she's overrated. I think she does too much. But are you saying she's overrated because she said Teresa was overrated? No, I'm saying she's overrated because I think that, like, again, it's this whole thing of, like, we need Tamara to come back to save the franchise because it's like, you know, not, and it's just like, she's come back and given us what? Like she's given us too much, too soon, too intense. Like she thinks that she is the ultimate housewife and she's just, she's not. I think for her time, yes, iconic. Yes, she was groundbreaking and all the rest of it. But I think at this point though, my so we're going to get into it now. So like my thing with Tamara as well at the moment is that I really truly feel that last season, Emily finally came into her role in the group okay. and that she had an opportunity to continue that role into this season. However, Tamara has come in and disrupted that process, right? Because Emily and Tamara play very similar roles in that Emily is willing to get in on the mess. She has a very different In a classy way. The style is great. Because she comes as a lawyer. She comes to do cross-examination, right? So, and she's just, she's not afraid to get into it. I think she's, she's been told that you're the one that can do that, right? And then I think as well, you've got Heather, who also is another one of these people who is also willing to engage with the mess when it suits her. And it's just, yeah, I just feel like Tamara has unfortunately ruined the flow that Emily was really getting. And like, yeah, I just, justice for Emily, in my opinion. Hey, so that's an interesting perspective because 
like I 100% can understand where you're coming from and I can see that perspective. But I am really proud of Emily because I think Emily is still holding her own. I think Emily is still owning her scenes. And what I kind of love, because Tamara is so intense and is like so easy to hate is the only way that I can put it, it actually then makes Emily, it gives Emily more opportunity to actually just also be lovable as well as messy, if that makes any sense. Like I'm really enjoying watching her and Shane and those interactions. And what's really interesting about Emily as well is a lot of things have changed in her trajectory. When we first met Emily, she was working like two jobs. She was really stressed with her marriage. There was all that shit going on. But now her and Shane have worked through all of that She's not working full-time anymore. Housewives is her mainstream of income. She's just hanging out with her kids and we're getting to see this side of her just like literally like eye rolling. Like when she eye rolls her kids, it's hilarious. Um, But, you know, we're also seeing, unfortunately, you know, because that power dynamic has shifted in their house, Shane is obviously feeling more secure. He's also super funny, super playful with her. Um, And it gives, I think what I like is that, because we have such a clear villain in Tamra, it means that Emily doesn't have to be the messy person and the villain. And I so so for that reason, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. I also feel like at this point, justice for Noella. Bring her back. I think she'd be great right now. I think like she. Like, when you look at what happened in season 16, like, Noella was actually giving a lot. It's actually quite unfortunate that she was let go. Um, and I think she would fit in with this group as well. Um, yeah, I just, Tamra, like, because even, like, Tamra, I think it's really interesting. So, like, this whole, like, storyline around, like, cut fitness closing. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like there's, like, a very, like, you know, it's, like, I feel like that we're almost being led along this, like, thing of, like, they're running out of money, like, because of how to close That's the gym. That's not it. That's not why they're closing the gym. It's bullshit. I know. And they've got that whole, like, CBD, like, company as well. It's just something is off about Tamara. Then she's brought back her kid, the That's cowboy. She she's brought her kid. She's brought her mom. She's brought everybody back on the show. Well, because, like, yeah. Anyway, Ryan... Where was he on January 6th? And then the whole, like, he yeah. was misunderstood as a child. No, he was a brat. <sighs> and now a bully, allegedly. Look, at the end of the day, the thing about Tamara is that her family, like, she's she's loyal as fuck, right, to her family. And I think her and Ryan have an interesting relationship because she was such a young mum when she had him the boundaries between mother, son, friend, whatever, are so muddled. And I think, you know, one of the things that I will say that I think kind of Tamara has been pretty transparent about is that she has had shaky relationships with all her kids. She, her mothering style is a bit different. We also see her interacting with her own mother and it's a little bit unhinged. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. It's very, Tamara's having very different interactions with her mum than you and I would have with our parents. And I like to think your mum, my mum, they've got great senses of humour, but we would never be talking about our parents' sex lives, you know, in vulgar ways in front of people like Tamara does. There's, 
Tamara exists in a very different world. Um, I mean, I don't want to say, you know, if I'm being super judgmental, I'm going to say white trash. But she just, she is so much energy. It's a lot. She'll always bring Ryan in because I feel like she thinks that she really owes him. Um, and she doesn't know how to let him go and be independent because he's going to get paid, right, for being on there. So mm-hmm. it's a lot. I don't know. I just think that the the return of Tamara is not giving what it was meant to give and I actually would be so happy never to see her ever again on Housewives. Okay. What about the fact that she is the tie-in for the new housewife, Jen? Well, we could have had Jen any other way. I think, like, with the, the times of, like, having a reason why you're coming into the group are, like, gone. Like, but, but in terms of Tamara being able to hold Jen's feet to the fire because she has the inside on her relationship with her, Ryan. But, like, does she? Because I think, like, Emily is already – Emily has the little, like, pins and the paper and the string <laughs> on the walls. She's figured it out. Gina, like, has also figured it out. Like, I don't actually think we needed Tamara to, to help us, like, figure this story out. I think but, Tamara will tell us, but I don't think that we needed Tamara. But I think as well Jen needs a friend because if Gina and Emily are about to, like – strip her bare she needs a reason to still stay plugged into the show which I think is Tamara is going to be the person that pushes her to keep going instead of quitting we don't want her to break the same way they broke Noella and well okay it's interesting I I understand your perspective and I I agree with you that I don't think we needed to have Tamara but there are in as somebody who is part of the I Can't Stand Tamara Judge fan club, I, I'm i happy to have her there because she's just leaned into being a villain and I can just keep being the president of the fan club. Are you aware, though, that Tamara turns on Jen? I'm waiting for it. Because this is, like, the whole thing that, like, Tamara, like, basically, like, turns into Jen's number one enemy. Oh, of course she does. I mean, she's everyone's number one enemy. So this is, like, then this is what I mean. Like, so, like, if we're saying that, like, Jen needed, like, Tamara as a way into the group and then Tamara just, like, turns on her anyway, like, then, like, what was the point? I want to see it happen. I'm I'm not going to count my chickens before they've hatched. Let's, let's wait till we get to that. Do you think, though, there is some truth to what um, Heather has been saying in the public that Tamara and Shannon are not friends and it's all for the show? And with that, how are you finding Miss Bedore, Miss Storm's Bedore? So I think that, like, it's that thing of, like, work wives, right? Like, Shannon and Tamara were, like, wifeys. When they were working together and then you get a new job and you like fall out of contact with that person. Like, I think that's like a normal thing that happens. So like, do I agree with Heather? Like, I guess so in a roundabout way, like that I, I, 
I think when they were filming together, they were like definitely calling each other all the time and all the rest of it. I don't think it was like a a conscious like let's have an alliance or whatever. I think it was purely like I work with you, I really like you, and then you become like work besties and all the rest of it. Then you get a new job or you get fired or whatever it is and then you like that relationship's gone because you're not working together, you're not seeing each other every day and all the rest of it. Right. And then as well, like, the fact that, like, Tamara was, like, talking a lot of shit about Shannon in the press. Was, yes. I think, so with that said, just thinking about the things that are coming out now um, and Heather being so forthright, I my biggest takeaway from this most recent episode is that this is potential, this is Heather's last season. Like, she came on last season, I think she thought she did a bit. She's sticking around this season, I guess, because she doesn't want to be upstaged by Tamara. But she's done, right? This is this is it for her. Do you think? Look, they're moving to LA. I don't know how you can continue to be on the show if you don't live in OC. Well, that's true. But I I think have they moved already? Are they actually moving to LA? Are they just talking about it? She still has like two children that are in school and going doing things. Like it's yeah, a lot. Like they don't need their parents. Like those children are rich enough to like uh, have their own homes in the OC. Like everybody needs their parents. Yeah, not when you're 12, like. <laughs> That's when you need the yeah. Um, I just want to go back to, so so my answer to you is, is this Heather's last season? Yes. Yes, okay, good. On Shannon Storm's Bador, I am so proud of her because Tamara has truly come back and, like, is antagonizing Shannon. And Shannon is like taking a Xanax or something. Yeah, not taking the bait. Because she's, and she's not. And I think that's really disturbing Tamara, right? Because I think Tamara's like, this used to trigger the fuck out of her. Why is she not like fighting back? I, I love to see it. I love that Shannon has gems in her teeth that are never coming out. I love that John made her crawl across the, the car seat to get out. That was, like, that was so annoying, but it was classic Shannon. I mean, where I said that I am the fan of the I don't like Tamara Judge fan club, I've always been the president of the I love Shannon Stolzman's Dorm fan club. So lemons on everything. I'm here for her. I think Shannon... Shannon is the quintessential housewife in the sense of she's like a little bit quirky. <laughs> like she's got a few things that she does, and you're like, oh, Shannon, like Shannon, that's exactly what it is. That's why she's so perfect. Um, yeah. So I'm, she's I'm a bit Mr. Bean. She's a bit Mr. Bean. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, but she. Yeah, I'm enjoying this new energy that she's bringing this season because, like, I think she sees it for what it is, right? They brought Tamara on to do a thing and Shannon's just, like, not here for it and neither am I. Yay. Um, Speaking of another newbie slash oldie, Taylor. Taylor is back and she's casting Heather on TV shows. This whole upcoming feud between Taylor and Heather. Over, over nothing. 
this is why I don't like Heather Dubro because Heather just like she's an actress, right? Is she? <laughs> and she'll tell you that she is if you didn't know. And I think she also thinks she's executive producer on this show. And I think she thinks she's doing some things which, like, everyone loves Taylor Armstrong. I think this is the problem. I think Heather has chosen the wrong housewife to have a feud with. Because I just don't see, like, who is going to choose Heather over Taylor Armstrong? Like, I just, I don't know. And the fact that, but this, what makes this so dumb is that the feud is over a part in a potential movie. And Taylor giving it to Heather. Well, Taylor should, you know, stay in her lane, all right? She's not casting. She is, you, you know, on some like. I think, I think Taylor Armstrong is casting, though. <laughs> I think she's producing. I think she's directing. Um, but I think like Taylor did something really nice. Like it just comes from such a nice place. And to have somebody spit in your face over it because they're not the one that did it. I just. I love these women. The world is falling apart. They're feuding over a job. I I do. I love the, I love the Taylor Armstrong of it all. I think like it's a great addition. I think that um, she fits in perfectly as a friend of, we got to see her house. Like that was nice. Did you find her husband hot? I don't remember what he looks like. Yeah, because if he was hot, you would have remembered. I know. They're not really, like, even Eddie these days. Eddie still dresses like he's in high school. Like, his outfit, you know, like that, like, loose. He dresses like a skater boy. And I'm just like, oh, all right. Um... I just want to go back. I want to talk about Newbie Jen. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can talk about Newbie Jen. So I find her story quite compelling. I love her. She's a perfect addition. So she's given me, like, cousin of Heather Gay. Okay. Especially in her look. Like, you could put this woman in Salt Lake City and, like, I would believe that also. I think... She's got that, like, blonde, sun-kissed fit situation. Salt Lake City trying to be OC. Is that, like, the connection I've just made? No, but I think the thing is what's happening is the people that live in the OC, none of them are originally from there except for Shannon Storm's Bedore, right? And, you know, if you she's she's like a Bronwyn. Like, it's the same aesthetic. All I don't even think there. Shannon Storm's Bedore is from OC, actually. She said she is. She grew up there. Like, she's a California girl and her family had a house down there. Like, that's all she knows. The rest of them are all from, like, the Midwest. They've, like, literally moved from middle America to the OC. I thought, like, Shannon's mum, though, lives in, like, some other state. No, she's a California girl. That's her whole thing. That's why, like, she comes from old money. Interesting. She's She is independently wealthy. Like, she was not, not as rich as David, but she was already independently wealthy um, even without him. She's, she's like that girl from that lifestyle. Well, I think David actually had no money. Isn't he all new money? 
He is, but he's very rich. Yes. Yeah. But she, but she already came from wealth. Like part of, like she had social standing. There's a reason why she still uses her maiden name. Like she comes from that world. Yes. Um, but yeah, back to Jen. I love that she's like adopted this kid and she was a foster mom. Like, it's just a different spin on the OC housewife, you know. 100%. It's the modern-day OC housewife. Do you believe that she made her husband work away from home so she could carry out an affair? I, I don't know. And I think this is this is the whodunit of the season, right? Like, what I, what's going on My brain never would have thought that. And when they brought it up... I was like, whoa, that is amazing. I, you know what? This is the thing of just like, you know, in some relationships that are a bit unconventional, like who knows what the agreement was between the two of them? Like, I, I don't know. Like, is he getting a cut of the family business? Is that why he went? Like, is he just a really good husband that he went and helped with the family business? Is it that she was like pushing him to go so she could have this affair? Like, who's cheating on who? I feel like everyone's cheating on everyone in these relationships. Like, he wasn't though. Wasn't like, we'll find out. I guess we'll. Allegedly, he was. I think that's the whole Will? thing. Will was cheating. I don't believe it. I've not even met this man or seen him. So I think that's the argument, though, that she says Will cheated on her and then the story is, no, you cheated on him with Ryan by sending your husband away and going and doing that thing. Right? And then like, I think you're going to find out that Ryan has still been cheating on her. Correct, right? Like yeah. it's just there's layers and there's like, I don't know, like I just, yeah, I, no one knows what to believe, I don't think. But this is what we expect from the OC. We haven't had, like Noella was supposed to be like the woman with the odd marriage arrangement, divorce thingy, and it didn't work out as well, but now we're finally getting one. It's been a while since we've had like a Laurie, like had somebody with this kind of situation going on. I, I mean, look, I'll forever say that Noella, unfortunately, like, had she not gotten divorced, like, or separated from her husband in, like, episode two, I think it, she would have had a completely different trajectory. I think that kind exactly. of like, fucked with, like, what was meant to have happened. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I just, I think Jen is very interesting. It's interesting to me as well that we replaced Jen and Ryan with Jen and Ryan. Um, At first I thought that, like, her name wasn't Jen. I was like, there's no way her name could be Jen because, like, didn't we just have a Jen? It's that thing. It's like in New Jersey. In OC, there's only, like, three different names that you can have. True. It's actually, like, local law. <laughs> Unless you're from New Oh, well, no, I was going to say there's been Gina's as well. <laughs> um, Yeah. Gina's going to be on her high horse about the infidelity thing. She's about to do real estate. Go, Gina. Gina's too normal. When she was showing her daughter how to kick a ball in soccer, I was like, she's also too much of a millennial. Is that a bad thing? I For OC it is. Mm. I think Gina is weighing down Emily as well. 
Well, I think Emily is pretty much ready to cut the cord. So I don't think we have to worry too much there. And, like, the way that Gina couldn't even go to her own event because she got COVID. That COVID thing was funny, but it was funny again. Again, I loved the Shane and Emily of it all going to pick up that stuff. They were hilarious. I just, look, justice for Emily. She should have been holding the centre orange. She should have been, like, you know. You know what, Patty, her time is going to come. And when it does, it's going to be even sweeter. She's already she been on the show for like six seasons. No, no, no. This is, yeah, but they were all duds. Like this, like you said, last, she's starting to finally come into her own and it's going to be even sweeter when she's in the centre and Heather and Tamara are gone. Do you know what I mean? How do you feel about the the um, the opening credit, like, refresh? I love it. I love it looks cheaper, but it's exactly what I want. Um, Christian Grey Snow was upset that they like also they like yesified the theme song. Would I agree? I think like it needed the it needs the new little like you know. 17 seasons. 17. Like, if they got rid of the gate, then I would have issues. Like, we would have to, like, we would have to go to Bravo headquarters to, like, insurrect. But, like, what they kept the gate. They kept the gate. Like, and I think that's all that matters for the OC, and they're holding oranges. Like, yeah. what more do you want? What more do you want? I think it's fine. It needed to be done. Um, do you have any other thoughts after these first three episodes? Overall, I'm enjoying the OC for me, it's a return to form. I'm not like, I'm not really finding a lot of housewives like super compelling at the moment. Like nothing is really like moving my loins, girding my loins. I feel like Miami for me is still that bitch is still that girl. Um, and the others need to get back on that level. I think, um, OC has taken some notes from Miami. I think like even in the confessional styles as well, um, and a little bit of Ultimate Girls Trip in there as well. Um, I think the thing that makes OC so successful is that it is like the drama is like lighthearted. It's like, you know, stupid little feuds. It's nothing like super deep or dark or anything like that. And they're just like real women doing the thing that they do. Like I think. It's always infidelity. Because it's the OC. Like Exactly. If the average in like America for divorce is fifty percent, in the OC it's like closer to like ninety. Like, and so it's great that it's a return to form. I'm here for it. All right. Well, let's move to another franchise which perhaps is not been performing. Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah. Season fifteen. We're up to episode eight at this point. Um, what are your thoughts of Atlanta? That the, edit, the editors are working overtime to make it interesting. Ooh. Like by adding in like fun little captions and little things. I, I've sort of noticed over the last few episodes. Do you know what I mean? You know, like we normally love the editors when they're shady, but like I feel like they're doing it so much more now to try and actually bring production value back to the show. And at the moment, Atlanta ain't hidden. It ain't giving what needs to be given. So, Okay. Because you brought up production, 
Um, we didn't get to discuss this because we were on hiatus, but a couple of weeks ago, the way that they started the episode was by doing a flashback to several seasons ago, and they had the group photo, and Nini was removed. Apparently, some international editions of the show, I think on the streamings, she was there, then they were gone, then they've just cut that whole thing out completely. Um Obviously, Nini has a, like, difficult relationship with Bravo, but what were your thoughts on the the Nini of it all? Nini, to me, is the number one housewife, and I, and I think that that is disputable. I know that there are others who whose heads can also wear the crown, but I think Nini did for housewives what nobody else was really able to do in terms of fully showing what it could be. Um coming from nothing you know what I mean like she didn't start on the show as an actress in the same way that Bethany started on the show as an entrepreneur and a chef and blah 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 um I I thought it was shady but I think there potentially was also a legal reason why they couldn't do it to me I've just always felt like Bravo and production they're not they don't really care that much they've always tried to sort of say well this is a nini problem so I, I suspect it had more to do with legally they weren't allowed to do it or something because Nini's suing them. And any and I think there's some, there has to be something to do with, like, any time your image is shown, you must get residuals or something. Do you know what I mean? It just it felt more, I don't know, legal. Yeah, like, Nini's totally got, like, an injunction against them from using her image to promote anything on Bravo, right? Um, but I, I think for me it's just sort of, like, I feel like we didn't need it at all. Like, I think, like, I think it's an interesting decision that they've actively put in that and then chosen to also have to cut out Nini. Like, we could have just, like, cut to, like, six years ago or whatever it was, right? Like, we didn't actually need that. That like, specific image. We didn't need that the, the peaches to transform into the old peaches, you know. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But this is where I think they're, like, really clutching at anything that they can do to try and bring back prestige to the show because at the moment it's lost its prestige. It is it is not a flagship right now. It is a franchise. So I have a hot take. Maybe it's not that hot. The issue with Atlanta is Kenya and Candy are prohibiting the other housewives from from feuding. And you've, unf- you've done this, you've given this hot take before on a certain level. Well, I'm I'm even more You're I'm even more secure. I'm doubling down on this opinion, Washi. Yeah. Because I think in this episode in particular, I just feel like Balls are being thrown in their core and they're just really, they're not, they're not volleying them back. Like, and it's just like, they're not engaging. They're not, they're like, they're stopping arguments in their, in their tracks kind of thing. Um, And I think that's the real issue where like, you know, this show, sure, like they don't have to be like physically like violent with each other, but like these shows do rely on like disagreements and, you know, the, the petty bullshit. Right. And I think like, Sheree is like the example of this, right? I think Sheree was really trying to like start, you know, something with Candy and Candy kind of just like shuts it down. And they kind of agree to 
disagree and it kind of gets left there and it's sort of like, well, like what was the point? So my question to you is, and this is something that I have always felt about Candy. I, I think like she's, I've, I've never really loved her because I think maybe I've spoken about this before as well, but I think like she just looks down so hard on everybody on the show, like everybody is beneath her to the point that like their opinions just don't matter. Because like even if we go back to, I mean, look, I know there were some horrible allegations that were made about her and Todd, like they were completely out of line, especially like in today's climate, you just don't do stuff like that. But, you know, people would have said, were saying stuff about, outing you know Candy's sexual exploits and all the things that she's done and she would like shut them down but then like as soon as those people are off the show she's now open to talking about the things that she's done um and I kind of feel like it, it was the same thing with this issue with Sheree Sheree made some really great points which is that she's like there are so many things this comes back to people know things about each other. There are so many things that I have never said about you. There's things about your business I could have said. All of these things, you know, I keep it fun. I keep it shady. I do not try to do things at the expense of you. I will never, like, put you down just to lift myself up. And for somebody who is so high, and this is, I think, everybody's argument with Candy, is that Candy is so high on the totem pole and they're all acknowledging it but she isn't doing anything to help bring them up on the totem pole as well. Instead, she actively goes out of her way to bring them down at any opportunity that she gets and to remind them where they're at. And I don't think Candy sees it that way and I don't think that that's her intention, but that is definitely how it's coming across. Isn't Candy a Taurus? I mean, of course. <laughs> she probably is. And that's all I'm going to say on this matter, Washi. <laughs> is she looking down on them or is she just a Taurus? Like, I mean, look, if the listeners haven't guessed at this point, yeah, she's May 17. Oh, May Taurus, the judgiest of the judgy. I can say that. I'm not one. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like enough said. Like, you know. Yeah, but I, I think she's justified in her, like, spin. I think the thing is, like, Candy is right. Like, she says things like, well, you know, my tags boutique was successful. Those weren't my clothes. But you know, <laughs> that was the best part where, like, Sheree's like, I washed it once and it fell apart and Candy's like, but it wasn't my clothes. Like, like <laughs> yeah. No, but then the OLG came in and it was true. I went to your restaurant. It took three hours. The food was cold. The service was trash. I did not trash your restaurant. And it was funny. That's what it took because Candy was like, you're right. The restaurant was not doing what needed to be done. I mean, it had its own spinoff and we saw that it wasn't doing what needed to be done. So she couldn't even justify it. But it shouldn't have had to take Sheree to go through every single business that Candy has done for Candy to feel some empathy yeah, and just say sorry. And, th- and this is what I mean. Like, I think Candy is not a team player and I don't think Kenya is a team player at this stage either. And I think it's unfortunate because I think, um, like, I hate to say it, but it's Marlo who is the future of this franchise. I don't hate to say it. I think you're right in saying it. But I think we have to acknowledge that the reason why Kenya 
and Candy and not team players is that they potentially they have outgrown the show is the only way I can put it. There's there's nothing else that they can gain from this show. They have they have been successful housewives and they need to bow out. So yeah. Yeah. And make space for the people who need this show. Marlo. Marlo, Drew, I mean, I don't even really love Drew. Sanya, they need this show like more than the other girls do. Why and do you I don't not like that Drew? Like, they need it for money or they need it like that. I just mean like they need it because they're willing to play the role. They're willing to participate. They're willing to do the work. So why do you hate Drew? I don't hate Drew. I just don't like love Drew because I think Drew is inauthentic. I think that there's just, well, that said, I felt this episode was a huge for me personally um, layer of the onion and I understood Drew a little bit more. She started to make a little bit more sense to me, the child star of it all. But, um, yeah, Drew, I I just don't think she's ever fully honest with who she is. Everything just always feels like it's a half truth. Mm. So I don't uh, trust um, her sister. Mm. I feel like I feel like this is one of those times where we're exploiting people. I don't know if her sister was ready to be on the show. I agree with you that perhaps her sister wasn't ready to be on the show, but I I don't think she was pushed to her limits in a bad way. I am really surprised that it's taken this long for us to even learn about Drew's sister and that's one of the things because it seems to me like obviously the pandemic happened and that was a huge, like some stuff happened, Drew got with Ralph, her career sort of started to change a little bit in trajectory, the pandemic happened and, you know, Drew's life completely shifted. Like she moved to... Atlanta like a whole bunch of things happened her sister was no longer her manager but I think there's like quite a bit of an age gap between Drew Mm. and her sister it also sounds to me like Drew was potentially Drew's sister like they never had a sister relationship she was a manager but I suspect she was also like more of a mother because of the age gap and you know we now know like Drew was like a full-on child star I will say I have watched the TLC biopic that Drew was in she is fucking amazing like she is really really good she's a phenomenal actress um but it's obvious that like she was just potentially the breadwinner as well for the family like that sort of stuff right I think we see it a little bit with Sanya and When you're dealing with mummy dearest type situations, there's so much to unpack. And when that breadwinner, I mean, we see it with Brittany, when that breadwinner finally does their own thing and goes independent, like now I look at Drew and I'm like, of course Drew doesn't really know who she is and is probably being quite inauthentic because she's gone from being, you know, being this child star person and the breadwinner for her family potentially to now being with somebody else who's very controlling, like Ralph is controlling. Like it seems to me like Drew has never, ever had full agency over her own life and that's only starting to happen now. Mm. 
And for me, I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to understand Drumor. I'm starting to understand the half-truths are because she literally has no idea who she is. She's easily led. So I'm excited to see what Drew's like in her divorce era. I also felt uncomfortable with, like, Ralph making up with the sister at the, the skating rink. Why? The vibes were off. I don't know, Moshi. Really? I didn't feel any way about it. There's something There's something not right there, Moshi. There's something not right there about Ralph. I but know. I feel like you already know that. You already know. Sorry, I didn't mean to. The song is good. I like the video clip too. I just put it out there. I can't believe you hate Drew, but like I've only heard nice things. I don't hate Drew. Okay. Um, I'm actually trying not to really hate anyone that's a current housewife. I'm disliking people. My thing about Drew is I just didn't trust her. I still don't. I don't know who she really is. I need to see who she is. Okay. Um, Let's, I want you to start the conversation around why Marlo is the future of the franchise. I fucking love that woman. I know you do. I love her too. She is a philanthropist. 100%. She's a mum tea. She is a mum tea. Is it mum tea or is it mun tea? I was doing mun tea. She is an icon. She's a legend. She's the moment. Yeah, now, come on okay. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, and she's, she is a little unhinged. And she's a lot of fun. She's a lot of fun. She's like, a lot of fun. When Marlo's on the TV screen... I can only help but smile. <laughs> what about when she is like in her unhinged era though and is like really rude and a bit violent? <laughs> it's entertaining. <laughs> like the way she hung up on Drew and just called oh, him like, that was- and like every like, it's just like, you know what? That's real. Like who hasn't done that? <laughs> Okay, so for me, I love that. When those, like, those moments remind me of why I love The Real Housewives of Melbourne. Like, it reminds me of when, like, Gina Gina Liana, like, curses somebody out because, like, it is real. Like, and that's what I don't get from Drew. I don't get that authenticity. It's giving Mary M. Cosby saying that Heather yes. Gay looks inbred. Like, it's all yes. the above. It's people actually saying what they're thinking. <laughs> Like Marlo just like she's doing the she's doing what needs to be done. Like I just I the whole the whole thing as well. Like I think what cemented it for me as well in this episode was like the whole dating situation, Thank right? You. Thank you. So she's on this blind date with the Jamaican restaurant owner, and like one he's uh, Mr. Red Flag, <laughs> <laughs> but like. Is it a red flag? Like it's he the had same- so much fun with the red flag of it all, though. It's giving though. It's giving like Teresa and Louis. Like, is it a red flag or are they made for each other? Like, I don't know. There were What's a lot of wrong things- with him. 
he has two children under two. (laughs) Truly, that is the only problem is that, like, that's obviously one of her, like, deal breakers. But, like, the rest of it, I love how when, like, he was like, I've been to jail. And she was like, me too. Like, then they're, like, bonding over it. It was, like, beautiful. Her confessional was, was, no, but I think the thing about Marlo is that she can be in, she can have, a serious discussion and keep it light and it works well and she is fun and jovial, but nobody is giving her that opportunity. Like we had to have her most entertaining scene be a scene where it's not her and another housewife. And this is the thing because it's people like Candy and Kenya who are preventing Marlo from from fully participating in the group, from, you know, having her moment and all the rest of it. And in fact, like, you know, we didn't get to talk about it last week, but, um, you know, the the Gucci, are we Gucci lunch? Um, <laughs> Marlo was actually being quite reasonable, I think, in I her approach to the lunch. I feel like usually she would have taken a very different approach, but I think she was actually quite manageable and it's sort of like, and she got given nothing. And like, you know, I'm like, what are we meant to do? Like, and like, it's the same. It's the whole thing of like, even like the Giselle, it's the Giselle and Karen, right? Like, why can't Kenya and Marlo exist and be frenemies and talk shit behind each other's backs, but just yes. be able to coexist? Kenya will not even give her the opportunity to coexist. I agree with you. And it's, it's making it really hard, but um, yeah, I will just say that the dating scene, the blind date, it was world class. And if this is like what we get from Marlo this season, is her just like on these first dates, like with all these men, and she, and the thing is that she's willing to do this for us. She's only going on these dates because she knows it's being filmed. Like, she's giving us what we asked for. It's perfect. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking of a similar character who's in the reality universe, Tiffany Pollard, Miss New York. Okay, Miss New York, yeah. I feel like she has a very similar energy to Marlo, and now I'm thinking, like, maybe I like a certain kind of woman. Well, I think everybody likes that kind of woman. I mean... This is this. It's the same energy that Nini was giving with the guy who gave her the Rolex. That scene of Nini on that date with that guy has like five viral memes from it, and it's like a two-minute scene. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There are people who have what we call star quality X factor, and those are the people that you like. No, but I think it also be black women. It, it's black women who go from zero to a hundred in about one second. I think that's that's my type. The very dangerous stereotype, but there it is. Well, I just Marlo can do no wrong in my eyes, and I'm very upset to see a lot of the like the banter online being like Marlo is bad for the show. It's like I think Marlo is the issue here. I think Marlo does do too much sometimes, Thank but you. she's not the issue. I I think, yeah, I think there are some things. I think Marlo does need a little bit of a masterclass. Like she's very much giving, you know, Portia in her early seasons when she was just take. Uh, the thing is that like 
So Marlo takes things really personally and goes like maybe to 110. But the thing about Marlo is she can she can get over it the next day. You mm. can hurt Marlo so many times and she will get back up again. But these women give her no grace. They're just determined to not like her. And it's such a shame. Ah, fuck. I know. What are we to do? Um, I'm going to obviously keep on watching it. (laughs) But, you know, I hope things change. I just also feel with Atlanta there is too much happening offline specifically. It's, It's very similar to Beverly Hills. And to New Jersey, where like can I love I love that Candy has her fingers in every single pie, but she's bringing so much of the stuff that happens on the show outside of the show that I think it's taking away from the stuff that's happening in the show, and I think it's also making it really hard for people to connect with her. Like she's isolating herself more, um, and she should be bringing some of that energy into the show instead. I can't believe we have to fire Candy in Kenya. Look, I've been telling you that they both needed to go for years, so I'm glad you're finally on on my wavelength. So all in all, Moshi, I feel that we have a franchise in in danger, a franchise that is thriving, and a franchise that is on pause. I think that's pretty adequate. I am becoming more and more excited for New York. Yeah, I am too. The bit, the bits and bobs are starting to drop ahead of the first episode. And I just think that this is like, uh, I mean, look, I'm sure that I'm about to like jinx it, but like, I think this could be it. Like this could be the future of Housewives. Uh, full recast, 100%. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I think that there's going to be a very different energy about New York, just in the same sense of like, you know, Miami and all the rest of it. But like, I think New York is going to be what we have to model other franchises off. Essentially, where it needs to be of the time. We need to get rid of all the old ladies. 100%. And that'll be the name of the podcast episode. Brilliant. Thank you, Patricia. <laughs> I guess in that, that must mean that we have reached the end of another episode of From the Lower Level Podcasts. As always, the people, if you have made it this far, please like, review, subscribe, tell your mum, ring the bell, shout share. from the rooftops. Yeah, share the podcast. I've, I Really just share the podcast with your friends. If anybody ever mentions that they love housewives, they want to hear Aussie accents talking about them, share the pod. If you ever hear anyone that's looking for a sugar baby, like. Okay, and on that note, um, <laughs> I'm glad that your parole was approved and you were able to be on this week's episode. Can I just say, only legends are criminals. Teresa Dice, Marlo Hampton, like Jen Shah, Patrizio. And end the podcast. Just do it. Um, as always, find us at From the Lower Level Pod, where we curate the content, we answer the DMs, and and if all goes well and there's not an injunction put against us, we will see you again <laughs> next week. <laughs>
<laughs> Goodbye, Moshi. Oh, no baby gorgeous. I'm Goodbye. Just, I'm for the baby gorgeous. Goodbye, Moshi. Goodbye. Okay, your goodbye, Moshi era. Bye, everyone. <laughs>